Hello and welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church, highlighting the victories and struggles, the snapshots and stories of the people sitting right next to you on Sunday morning. And if not now, we hope soon, as we have begun for a, a number of weeks, for quite a while now, actually, regathering on Sundays. would love to have you there with us. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co-host today is Jessica Garcia, our pastor of is it pastor of worship arts yes okay or if you're my intern and you like to change my sign around it often says pastor of worship farts (laughs) (laughs) so either of those are acceptable wow i would be interested in worship farts see how that's uh you do a lot of not just any farts yeah there's a lot of variety on sunday morning so that could maybe be your next project or Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so I wanted to ask you, because Alan uh, did an awesome job of uh, preaching last Sunday, hmm. but he mentioned um, this, that he, this, he told this story about him getting angry as he was defending you, defending uh-huh. his bride, you know? Yes. And I, I was really having trouble picturing that. I mean, could, could you supply us with a photo of angry Alan sometime? The next time you guys are kind of like in the middle of something, you could just pull out that iPhone and just take a quick shot. Hmm, It doesn't happen often. (laughs) You'll be waiting a while for that. Or like a photo of angry Jessica for that matter. I think I was Hmm. telling one of my boys once when you came up uh, that was like, yeah, she's one of those people that's like always smiling or looks like she's about to smile. I don't think Hmm. I've ever seen her be like, even a, I don't even know if I've ever seen a neutral expression on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should work on that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, this is, uh, you know, we just had a great conversation and got me thinking about uh, just like the history of Red Mountain, the past of, uh, and, and particularly some of the early days. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about this episode, getting ready to record, well, first off, Holly had just a very minor fender bender this, this week and everything's fine. She's fine, you know, and, um, but it, I, I, in conjunction with getting ready for this conversation uh, that we uh, have on the show today, I remembered this time back in the Anzio Landing days when we were meeting at the the restaurant. And I was just like, Peter, you do this monthly podcast of the church. You've kind of always wanted to solve this mystery. You can use this selfishly as your platform to see if you can solve this mystery once and for all. So I just want to put this story out there, okay? <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a very young driver. This was back in the Anzio Landing days. And I, my parents were not in the car with me, but I, I was pulling into or out of a parking space at the church and I bumped into another car, a parked car, and no one was in it. And, but I always, I'll always remember someone was walking into the church. I think I was arriving late. And so one other person was walking out of the parking lot, heading to the restaurant to go to the church service. And they saw what happened and they stopped and they looked and they were just staring at me and at what happened. And I think they were waiting to see what I was going to do. Hmm. And I got out and I inspected the vehicle to see if there was any damage to it. I couldn't find any damage at all, but maybe I wasn't looking close enough. And the the person that saw me and was giving me the eye, they disappeared, they vanished. Hmm. And so I've always wondered, because my memory is terrible, if that person still goes to our church, if they saw me and if they know what I did. (laughs) And if that's... and, and, And so I just want to put the invitation out there that if you are that person and you remember that happening... And in particular, if you did find damage on that vehicle, please let me know. I will be absolutely sure that my parents' insurance takes care of that, <laughs> um, gets that repaired. So uh, what, what's the, what's the, uh, the, 
this what's our email thing? Just stop me on Sunday morning. I'll get I'll get you in touch with my parents. I'll get you their their phone number and they'll they'll take care of that for you. Um okay, so poll segment. I forgot to do some kind of silly intro thing into it, but uh rmcchurch.org slash podcast. That was sloppy. Let me do that again. <laughs> rmcchurch.org slash podcast is where you can go to uh be a part of our poll segment. The the question this time around is what is your favorite fall drink? Pumpkin spice latte or apple cider? 47% said pumpkin spice latte and 53% said apple cider. Uh, Janice, is it Steinlein? I don't know. I just I just take swings at it, people. Janice <laughs> Steinlein is what I'm going to say. Said a chai latte. Is that how you pronounce that word? Chai? Chai hmm. latte? Okay. So that's what Janice likes. Andrew Reinhold said a cake shake. Hmm. What do you think, Jessica? Um, you know, I was trying to think if I've ever really had apple cider before. Mm. I don't know that I have. It sounds good. Uh, I like sparkling apple cider. Mm. I know that's really good. But yeah, fall wise, I don't know. Mm. I'm not a big like coffee person, but I, I definitely like pumpkin spice latte things. I think Mm. those are pretty good. I like all the holiday kind of drinks, typically. They, they are a nice way to kind of mark the season and mm-hmm, kind of get, yeah. you, get you in, especially, I mean, Christmas stuff more for me than fall stuff. I mean, as far as fall drinks go, I'm, I'm really curious about this cake shake. Have you heard of a cake shake? I have not. It doesn't sound particularly fall, but who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm open. But I mean, as everyone should know, the correct answer is Pepsi. Pepsi. Pepsi, no, 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 no. Pepsi, come on. No, that's right. Are you one of these Coke people? Yes, because remember, we were so excited when Panda recently switched from Pepsi to Coke, and you were like lamenting that. I was. I remember now. You're a Pepsi person. (laughs) I remember when Harkins switched from Pepsi to Coke. It's like this disease that's spreading. Mm, No, but then Barrows just went the other way. We were very sad. Oh, that was cool. That was very... (laughs) 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 All right. Well, we uh, had a fun conversation just a little while ago, me and Jessica. We spent some time talking with Rex and Mary Ellen Griswold about their many years serving and leading at uh, Red Mountain Community Church and what that has meant to them. Great conversation. Here it is now. All right. Well, we'll just jump into it. (laughs) Rex and Mary Ellen, thank you for being here. First question, really important. You didn't get this one in advance, but how... How often and how tired are you of people bringing up the uh, the National Lampoon's vacation movies with your last name Gr- Griswold? <laughs> you want to go to that one? It it really it really doesn't even bother me anymore. Oh yeah, uh, um, and especially having a daughter whose name is Ellen Griswold. Oh, that's right. Wait, who and was that? Was the wife on that the, was the okay. wife? Oh yeah. my gosh, well, we were in Europe with our three kids when European Vacation came out. Oh no, yes. and we didn't know anything about the movie. And border guards that barely spoke English looking at their passports, going. <laughs> We had no idea what they were laughing about. <laughs> Apparently, they had pirated versions over there before it oh, came out. Oh, my So gosh. we have seven bags, three daughters going through Europe, and they're looking at our passport just laughing. And until we got back to the United States, we had no idea what they were laughing oh about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it, and it still happens to this day. Does it? I was, I was, it must, it must have in, dropped off a bit, though. Still, Yeah, but still, every once in a while, uh, TSA or, you know, the... 
the passport guys, they'll they'll laugh. They'll go, really? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> on a vacation, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are you really on a vacation? Yeah. All right. But really what we uh, brought you here to talk about is just the fact that you guys have been so much a part of Red Mountain for so long, Jessica, I think I can't remember. Are you guys founding? You guys are founding members, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. you were, yeah. And uh, and we'll get to kind of your involvement in the church in a little bit here. But when talk about that, how you first became involved at at Red Mountain? Well, we went to an EV free church over by Maine and Lindsay. As my daughter said when we first took her there, it was a little yuppie. She goes, we can't go to that church. It has bars on the windows, <laughs> you know. But uh, Dave Lindstrom was there, and we began going to his young. We were back then young adults class, okay. or young marrieds class, and that was getting to be huge. And there weren't a lot of churches out on this side of town for young people. There are a lot of retiree churches. Okay, and so we began praying and thinking about forming a church out here. And uh, uh, Chuck Forsyth was the pastor there, and he had the same vision. And then Bob Fox showed up with the same vision. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there were about six founding families that had the same uh, vision, and then we had to find a place to meet out here, and it started very small and kept going. Mm. Anything you want to add? Well, it was... Uh, Paul Forsyth, right? It was Paul, Paul Forsyth. Forsyth. Thank you. I was wondering about yes. that. And it was a rather interesting uh, thing that a man came into the church uh, from Nevada, and said that God had sent him here to Mesa to start a church. Hmm. And um, several of the men, younger men, had already decided that it was about time for us to plant a church. Hmm. And when this pastor just walks in and says, God has sent me here to start a church, it was uh, an eye-opening moment. Hmm. His name was Bob Fox. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So then you guys uh, started the church together, mm-hmm. began meeting in some way. But um, when I started, when coming to the church with my family, mm-hmm. by that time, you guys were meeting in an Italian restaurant, <laughs> uh, right? That's right. And uh, tell me about your connection to that Italian restaurant and how the church ended up meeting there. Well, we were looking for locations all around to meet, and we um, looked at spots and there weren't a lot of places out here and the group uh, including Bob said what about meeting at Anzio Landing Italian restaurant I said well God let me tell you how you do church you don't do it in a restaurant a bar you know (laughs) so I I keep you know through my life I've tried to limit God and finally realized that he's far bigger and more creative than I can possibly imagine now why was someone bringing up Anzio Landing as a place to well, partly because of my wife, and we were closed Sundays, and I will lead. So that you to guys her. were the. We were closed on Sundays, but you guys were the owners. Yes, yes. Right? we had opened okay. that about a year before. Okay, mm-hmm. we called Little House of the Prairie. There was nothing out here. Okay, and we were felt led to leave a restaurant, and my wife felt to be closed on Sundays, and I tried to explain to her and God that this is the, <laughs> one of the busier days. Yeah. You do not close a restaurant on Sundays. Yeah. So I will turn over. <laughs> well, I just felt very strongly. Um, by that time, we had been married uh, about 15, 16 years, and in that time, we had not gone to church very many times as a family, even though we were a church family. Mm. Um <clears throat> 
I felt he needed to be at church with the two girls and with me on Sunday mornings. Mm. So I said, I really feel like we need to be closed on Sundays. Mm. End of discussion. And thankfully, <laughs> God backed me up on that. <laughs> I just I just saw Rex give me a look that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. And well, we prayed about it together and, you know, God won out and saying, you know, I can do what I want to do. And mm-hmm. I said... I've given you the restaurant, I can give you every day of it, and I've given you my life, I can give you every day of it, mm. and trust you and that we'll still make it on one of the busiest days not being open. You know? yeah. And it absolutely worked. It was great mm. for our family life. It was, you know, people understood. Mm. Um, it was interesting, though, that when we first started having church services there, that, you know, we had the door unlocked and people would walk in and want breadsticks in the middle of the uh, service and, you know, didn't understand why we were having church in a yeah. restaurant on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Especially as we started getting larger and the parking lot was fuller. Oh, yeah. Then they were for sure we were open oh, for that must business. Have been confusing. Well, it's okay. Yeah. And it was kind of an opportunity to welcome in people that probably wouldn't have come to church. Sure, yeah. You know? So yeah. that was kind of fun. I do remember it smelling like breadsticks, so maybe that was part <laughs> of the confusion, um, you know? <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, I remember one of my students saying to me when we opened the gym building and moved into the gym building as our as our life center at that time, and one child walked in and said, it looks like a church, it sounds like a church, but it doesn't smell like our church. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of interesting stories back from there, and I can hopefully won't digress. Yeah, sure. Bob Fox opened up, and we have the alarm code on there, and he didn't always remember the alarm code. So he turns around one morning, opening up, he's making coffee and singing a hymn. There's a policeman with a gun on him. Oh, you know, he set off the alarms, and the policeman puts his gun away and says, I figure if you're singing hymns and making coffee, you're probably not breaking into the restaurant. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so let's see. How long was Red Mountain meeting at Anzio Landing? Through, what, 2006? It's in the plaque down at the gym okay. building. But it was, it was for a period of time, and it was also interesting. Every time the church needed a new children's room, we needed a new banquet room. So oh. <laughs> the the God paid for, you know, by every oh, wow. time we need in ninety three we added um the the lower about three thousand square feet because we had kids oh, wow. in RVs, they were out in helicopters practically which they let like meeting, you know, whatever we could do to do kids church and then that opened up that whole section. Oh wow. For, at the same time the restaurant needed the waiting area, so Wow. Yep. It sort of had grow, both of them grow together. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have been just kind of involved, uh, like pretty heavily from the beginning up until now. Can you give me just a brief uh, snapshot of how you guys have been in, you know, what roles you've served in? <laughs> Why are you well, smiling there's... and stifling a laugh, Marianne? Well, there is only one role <laughs> that I have had at Red Mountain since we opened, and that was uh, I'm part of the children's department, Doing... and I haven't left the children's department. There was a brief period when I was also in the women's department, but only for approximately a couple of years, two years maybe. Okay. So my role hasn't changed. It has evolved. 
but it has not changed over the years. And what are you doing in children's ministry? What, what would people maybe recognize you from if they're trying to match the voice to your face right now? Um, well, if they have little ones and they come to women's Bible studies mm-hmm. or small groups or anything that meets other than Sundays, mm-hmm. they would know my voice because I am the child care coordinator okay. for Red Mountain Community Church, which means I'm here just about every day of the week. Except Saturdays. Okay. (laughs) Yep, just about every day of the week, because there's always something fun and exciting going on that needs childcare. Hmm. Well, thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would not be my area of strength. It actually is is exactly where God wants me. Mm. I I just know it for a fact. I I miss it when I'm not here. Mm. and it has truly been a joy to see kids like yourself, Peter, yeah. <laughs> grow up and have kids yeah. that I have also witnessed grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's an exciting thing hmm. to be able to, I mean, I try not to think really about how some of my students now speak in a bass voice yeah. and have facial hair. I just really don't <laughs> want to think about that, but it happens. Yeah, and the boys change even more, don't they? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Peter, <laughs> just got to speak into this right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, but before I, we come back to Rex, tell me a little bit about like how that started, you know, you being involved in that kind of ministry at the church. Was that just kind of like you saw the need and it seemed to be the fit for you? Or like, how did you fall into that? Well, I've actually been um, teaching uh, children since I was a teenager. Okay. And so it just seemed the natural fit when um, the few of us who started Red Mountain got together, we sort of did pray and uh, think about our giftings and... Um, it just kind of fell on Debbie Fox's and my shoulders to do some kind of children's ministries. And we started with basically a one-room schoolhouse approach for elementary school kids, and then we had a nursery. Mm. And um, this is the part that made Rex nervous and maybe some other people nervous, but our nursery happened to take place in the bar. That's right. Because it was a small room. And um, so I just made some very colorful curtains <laughs> that would hang up and cover things that <clears throat> were we didn't want the children to notice mm. in the room. <laughs> and um, and by moving the furniture back and you know by keeping the room nice and clean and tidy, we we had a great. We had a great nursery. And of course, the airplanes landing and taking off was a wonderful distraction for um, children of all ages. Sure. Yeah. I remember that was, uh, I was in high school at the time, and there'd be times where, admittedly, I would zone out now and then and catch a plane. (laughs) Yeah. Bob later on requested we close all the curtains because he could see everybody's heads (laughs) when a plane landed. (laughs) So Rex, uh, tell me now about kind of like your involvement in the church over the years. Well, the envisioning in the beginning of just praying, God, what are you doing? You laying on our hearts to found a church. And we used to go every Saturday down to the river and pray, the, the sort of eight men that were involved. And 
God, what are you going to do? And we lay this before you, and we don't know how to do this, but take charge. <clears throat> and, you know, first we started meeting in the the restaurant, and I was on elder board. There wasn't a lot, a lot of us. I think the, we opened on Easter Sunday in 1990, and there was like 30 people. And the next Sunday, it was like eight of us again, mm. you know, um, because everybody came and wished you good luck, and then yeah. it went. And so then yeah. building churches and is always an interesting in church planting. How, how many of <clears throat> elders were there, do you think, at the beginning? Well, it was the probably the six original. Five. Five. Okay. And so I was involved in eldering and uh, later on in shepherding. And then I'd always told God there was one thing I would not do is teach children. <laughs> and I teach first graders now, and I love it. <laughs> um, wow. God can use gifting, but he can also reveal to you gifting that you didn't know you had. Mm. And I had taught high school uh, classes all the way through the 90s and all the high school. I taught a business class. Okay. And so I enjoyed teaching. But I didn't know about little children type thing. Yeah. But I've learned a long time ago, you don't tell God what you won't do. And and, and he has a sense of humor and <laughs> laughs at you and pats you. And they had like a little child and says, okay, you know, <laughs> go ahead and do it anyhow. Tell me about like the, um, uh, the eldering and the shepherding that you mentioned. If you could unpack those words a little bit, what, what is that involved for you? We're an elder-led church. It's not a pastor-led church where you have this great pastor that everybody follows when he leaves, everybody follows him type thing. Yeah. It was an elder-led, um, spirit-led, really relying on the Holy Spirit to say, please, Lord, we don't know how to do this. Speak to us. And we got a lot of good advice from Scottsdale Bible and from uh, some now are mega churches in, in California that Bob knew some of the pastors and they'd talk to us. And, um, one of the things that was interesting, the advice we were getting is, is guard your membership. And I went, I had been uh, an elder in other churches before, and I'd watched church splits. I'd watched over the color of a pew. Mm. I mean, I've watched weird things wow. in churches. And I said, well, what do you mean, guard your membership? And he said, make sure people have this idea of what you're doing and what the, the theology is and where you are. And... So we began doing membership classes and telling people. We didn't encourage people to become members because members, they were supposed to serve. Mm -hmm. They were supposed, they could vote. Mm -hmm. They didn't get a private parking spot, mm -hmm. but they were expected to give and to serve. Yeah. And so it was membership had responsibility, not just, you know, we give elephant rides so you become more members. Yeah. But when they did, they needed to know what our doctrine of faith was and what we really believed. And... I think I'll get to it later, but Bob was one of the first pastors to say to me, we're not going to major on the minors. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what do you mean? And very early in our church, when we were at the Anzio Landing, there was a family that really wanted him to preach against Halloween. Mm. That was their big thing. Mm. And you couldn't be a Christian church if you didn't preach against Halloween. Mm. And Bob, same thing, I'm not going to major in the minor. It's not a salvation issue mm -hmm. whether your kids dress up in cowboys and go out and collect candy or not. Yeah. And they left the church over it, and they were one of the main givers. Mm. But Bob didn't, and I was also used to churches, you chase after everyone and, mm. you know, how dare we lose. He said, speak the truth, and we're going to be as kind as we can. But, and so it was a different way of looking at churching, of doing it God's way rather than man's way, and mm. not the corporate image. It was elder spirit-led uh, you had a strong pastor, but he was just one voice on the elder board. Yeah, um, it was a different way of doing church. Mm.
Um, so from your perspective now, uh, how would you each say that Red Mountain has sort of grown or changed over the years? Well, um, just looking out at uh, the service today, I was thinking how... Uh, what a big family we've become. Mm. And of course, I personally love big families. Mm. Big family celebrations, lots of um, joyous music and laughter and just really, just gratitude, you know? Mm. And um, I just think that our family has grown in so many ways. And... Um, the way we reach out and try not to be a cliquish type of church, mm -hmm. but to really reach out to everybody who comes and um, uh, nobody's left out. Mm -hmm. Nobody has to be left out in the cold. Nobody has to um, stand off in a corner. We, um, we tried very hard to be a friendly, open church. And mm. I think we are. Mm. And I think we stay true to, to what God wants us to be as a family. Mm. And um, I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes. I'm not saying that we don't occasionally do really dumb things. <laughs> but sure. hopefully um, we laugh over our mistakes and apologize if we've hurt anybody's feelings mm -hmm. and um, try very hard to just um, to just be as mature in God's Word as we possibly can. Mm. And I think we do a pretty good job of it. I do. I do. How about you, Rex? One of the early principles of founding this church was to pass the torch to the next generation. Mm, I can sen always, I've sensed that for years. We're yeah. always one generation between eradicating Christianity mm. if you don't pass it on to yeah. the next generation. And so having a children's ministry to having where we teach junior hires and senior hires, what do you really believe? It's not your parents' faith, mm -hmm. just because your parents are Christian. As soon as you go to college, you get a very, you know, intelligent uh, atheist professor who just tears you apart and so you never go back to church again. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it for yourself, not because your parents took you to church all these years. Mm -hmm. And watch that grow. I remember my oldest daughter, she was the only one in junior high, says, I can't go to the church, I'm the only one. Mm. Well, there's another one, but he's a boy, you know, type thing. And now looking in front of me in church today, there was a whole line of junior high and senior highs. And, and when they meet together, you know, nearly 100 kids learning about Christ, and why they believe it, not because their parents do. And some of them are bringing their parents to the Lord, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. Well, I should just say how grateful I am that you and the elders had that priority and that focus. Um, my parents um, brought us specifically after the, when we started looking for a, a new church, they uh, landed us at Red Mountain in large part because of that focus. They realized that where we were at before was not going to be really giving us the foundation that we needed for our faith to be our own. And they just really saw that kind of thing being prioritized at Red Mountain. And I, I remember, you know, even though it was 
uh, early days with the with the meeting at the restaurant and having just a few kids getting together, you know, for youth group, um, th- that was still hugely uh, equipping and um, just a major foundation for me um, that uh, that that I still am really really grateful for. So I appreciate you guys just supporting that vision and, and having that vision yourselves. Um, what? Would you say, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking you for one, I'm sure there are many, but uh, uh, what would be like one special or treasured memory that comes to mind as you think about Red Mountain and the years you've been here? Okay, it's got to be, with <laughs> hands down, it's Thanksgiving dinners in the park. With a whole family. Oh. With a whole church family. That must have family. been a while back. I don't remember it that. It was. It was. It was while we were still at the restaurant. Okay. And uh, originally, um, just, you must have been like two or three, honestly. Okay. But, <laughs> She's like, I'll but, take your word for it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we met at Falcon Field Park. And I think the first year we met, we might have roasted only no, I'm pretty sure we did two turkeys. Okay. But we got up to like four turkeys oh, wow. before we stopped doing those dinners. Mm-hmm. But we would meet the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so a lot of us were, you know, a lot of the families had were out of town, out of town oh. families. Okay. And they might not see their real families for Thanksgiving. And they might have been on the smaller side, maybe only one child or or maybe two. Mm. And but they loved and missed those big family dinners, and so we would put on a big family dinner. Oh, cool! And uh, so we would roast a couple of turkeys, and everybody would bring sides, and there was always singing and laughing and talking, and you know, kids running around in the park sure. and acting crazy, and um, sometimes kids even got left in the park. By accident, by their parents <laughs> who went home. Are you sure that but was an accident? But we're not going to actually really? talk about that because <laughs> yep, I got the hand. Uh, that was Rex raising his hand <laughs> in For admission. the listeners. <laughs> Mine would be probably finding this 11 acres we're on now. Mm. Uh, Paul Riggs called it. We were looking for, we were outgrowing Anzio Landing and there were kids everywhere and we were doing remote up on the one of the banquet rooms with tv screens and all the rest and so we were looking for a location and we looked at a lot of different ones and paul riggs called us one morning and said bank one and valley bank are merging and they need to get rid of this 11 acres right up on wrecker Hmm. and so we went and looked at it and it had this huge hole where the basin is now and a huge pile of dirt where they'd taken it out on the north corner where the uh, cell tower is and so people really didn't want to bid on it because it was hundreds of thousands of dollars to haul that dirt off, we were told. So we made a bid on it. I think it was $110,000 for 11 acres. And another church made a bid for half of it for like 80000 hmm. But they wanted to get rid of the whole thing at one time, so they gave us a bid. Well, now we had a problem because we didn't have 110000 Yeah, Evangel Free Church had loaned us part of it, but we had to come up with, I think it was $30,000, which is just huge. Hmm. So we met everybody on the the field here, and it was just vacant land with coyotes running through it, and said, we're going to need a pledge, and we need you to show up within a couple of weeks with this money you can do, and we passed it around, and we put the notes together, and we came back with $31,000. Wow. And one of the men had to drop out, so it came out exactly 30000 Wow. So, and what happened, the other part was interesting, is 
Paul Riggs also said to us, who was a construction engineer, and said, I can get rid of the dirt for you. There's no clean, filled dirt around here, and this people will need this. I said, what do you mean? People pay for dirt? Yeah, they'll pay for dirt. <laughs> so we were selling the pile of dirt for a dollar a cubic yard. And I got really mad. I'm going to build a fence around it because every day we would sell it, and it would go, and at night it would refill. People were dumping and building swimming pools around and refilling this. So I'm trying to build a fence around it to stop people. And all of a sudden I realize it's like the oil and, you know, and the profit. We're selling it during the day and every night it replenishes itself. <laughs> and this happened for a couple of years and we paid off most of our mortgage that way. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. And at this point, I'm going to try and remember to plug this uh, afterward, but um, this would be a good time to mention that there's a, an episode that we released back in March. It was a bonus episode titled 30th Anniversary Episode, talking about uh, the origins of Red Mountain Community Church. Jessica, who did you say was in that? I've listened to it, but it's been a while. Bob Fox and my dad, Dave Lindstrom. Okay. All right. And Kyle is interviewing them. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that if you really want to get just kind of more in depth at what God was doing, the different ways he was moving in that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just one part that Rex shared. So I would highly recommend uh, that you, that you listen to that episode. Um, We've been in this sermon series now talking about just the value, the importance of the church, uh, the local church body. Um, And, and, uh, and are really hoping to encourage people as soon as they're able to rejoin us on Sunday mornings and, and other times during the week and really being a part of that, that uh, local church experience with us, the body of Christ with us. Uh, what do you guys think are some of the blessings that you've experienced as you look back as a result of making that choice to be committed, involved in a local church for, what is it, 30 years now? Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about that as you reflect on that and the blessings that you've experienced. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it's the the stability that it brings to our own family unit mm. to be able to fellowship and talk with other people who also are struggling and uh, finding it difficult to have what teenagers mm-hmm. or toddlers or whatever you have in your home or or struggles you have financially um, uh, we have grown uh, through different ministries that we've had here at the church to be uh, more stable in our finances and in our marriage and there's just so many things that are offered that um, people can partake in that really help to make their their own family unit stronger and um, I really I think it's important for the women's Bible studies and the men's Bible studies and the life groups that go on. I really think all of these things really help um, people to establish their own family units Mm. um, in a world where um, we hear so much about about the me generation, Mm. but there's nothing about the we generation. Mm. And I think in our church, it is we. And uh, we struggle together, we grow together, we um, successfully manage to get through life together. And when we're not together, it's it's a struggle. 
It just is. And this quarantine time has been a struggle for people, not so much as as far as health goes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a a mental health thing. Mm. And I can tell you from um, experience yesterday, um, somebody said to me that she needed that hug. And she has been cut off from getting receiving hugs because of uh, the care facility that she lives in. And she hasn't been able to receive the hugs that she needs. People need physical touch. Um, anybody who deals with um, small children realize that children need that physical touch. And uh, when we're not together, um, it's hard to get that. Yeah. I'd say blessings has been watching my family grow up in the church and kids and grandkids and sons-in-laws, and now they're all involved in churches. And so that's a a healthy sign. Are they perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. But watching that legacy, being able to be passed to the next generation, even the generation beyond that. And it was interesting. I spent a lot of hours at Anzio Landing, the restaurant that was founded in poured a lot of work and we sold it. It's gone. Uh, it's now steak and stone, good restaurant, but, but all the time and energy I poured into the church, it's still here going forward, changing kids and people's lives. That's my true legacy. And, you know, uh, investment IRA, et cetera, Mm. that's been a lot better paying off than some of the other investments I've made. Mm. What do you hope, as you think about the potential future, all the possibilities of Red Mountain, what do you hope will be true of Red Mountain in the future? I don't have a particular stretch length of time forward in mind. It could be, you know, two months from now, or it could be 10, 50 years from now, whatever, however you want to answer that is fine. Well, I'll go first on this one. Okay. If one, they keep we keep teaching children, young adults about the Christian life, we teach newly married, how to live the Christian life and raise godly children. But also that we reach out in the community and we're not just a light on a hill that's a a monastery Mm. teaching the truth, but we reach out and we're involved in the the city and around it. And we make impact not only here, but around the world. Anything you would add, Mary Ellen? Oh, Oh, that's pretty good. I have to say, um, that's that's pretty thing. Th- very thoughtful, Rex. Very thoughtful. Um, no, I would just uh, as as we talked before about passing the torch. I just um, I just pray that um, God raises up somebody else who would love to be the child care coordinator mm. at some point in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as I would absolutely adore holding your grandchildren, Pater, and, <laughs> and nurturing them and telling them that their parents will come back for them, <laughs> I, I do feel like somebody else might enjoy doing that too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's got to be really gratifying to see that happening but for, in both of the areas that you serve in, you know, Rex, yeah. so you, as you've seen uh, new and, you know, like a, a younger crop of elders joining yes. that board and, yes. and uh, that, that must be really uh, rewarding to see that happening in both of your areas mm-hmm. of service. Well, as you know, uh, when you're 65, we transition off the elder 
board and become emeritus, emeriti, whatever the plural <laughs> is. Uh, but I think it's really healthy. Hmm. You know, and I realized as, you know, I watched really good quality younger men come on the, the elder board. There's a different ways of communicating and touching people mm. and reaching out and even some different problems um, that men are dealing with and women nowadays and families than w- the way I think. So I think it's really healthy for a church to have a younger pastor, some younger elder board, but not just everybody go off at once where you have no mm, yeah. collective memory, etc. cetera. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that when I look at our, our elder board. Um, what do you guys think is something that makes Red Mountain unique, either in its history um, or something right now? Oh, no. <laughs> He's looking at me. Um, gosh. Well, since I haven't been church shopping in 30 years, I don't really know what other churches are doing <laughs> that makes us different and unique. Um, other than I see us, I see that we do uh, capture new thoughts, hmm. and I see that we do uh, grow in a lot of areas. We um, um, just, for instance, our music has changed over the years. Sure, you know how we worship. Mm-hmm. Um, our uh, programs have progressed. And uh, we're not as programmed as we used to be. Mm. We are much more in touch with the needs of the community and and how we can change. So I say we're we're unique in the way we um, what's it called when you when you morph when you you're you're the yeah, one like with that. A, maybe you you're, adapt or you adapt. You know you change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we're not going to be extinct. Yeah, yeah. Rex, do you have anything to well, add there? Yeah, being relevant, I think, is is really needed in this time, and speaking the truth, and always the theological part, and being stronger on on good teaching. Here has been one of the um, areas that we've been strong on and attracted people. Hmm. Listening to Alan last week. You know, on a hard passage, it's been so misquoted on mm. submission and husbands and mm. wives, and remembering that it was speaking about the church, you know, which people skipped, you know, two lines before that. Yeah. Um, and bringing that kind of teaching that brings things into basis, whether it's marriage or um, how to raise your kids, the Bible is the handbook for how to live a successful life. And a lot of us just ignore it and we go on living our own lives and maybe give God an hour on a Sunday. Hmm. But to really every day to read the handbook of how he wired us and to know how to raise our family and how to, you know, better take care of our wives or husbands, uh, I think it's something that this church teaches and not everyone follows, but Hmm. at least it's there and it's being taught truthfully. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've certainly seen that. 
Um, and just piggybacking off a remark you made, Mary Ellen, Holly and I years ago did take the opportunity to church shop. You know, when I stepped down from the position of worship pastor, we realized for the first time and I don't know how long, I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't have any like ties here technically. So this, if we're going to look, this would be the time. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, went off the radar here for about a month and looked at a couple other churches and uh, and met a bunch of churches online and and uh, and it was crystal clear when that was done. It's like, no, Red Mountain is really where we want to be. Red Mountain is where God seems to be doing something unique that we want to be a part of. And uh, so we just uh, once and for all planted our roots here. And, uh, and cool. you, yeah. And, uh, glad and, you did. I'm glad you Thank did. You, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and you guys and your involvement and your leadership has just been key in that. And so I just want to say, in addition to uh, saying thank you for doing this and doing this weird thing where we sit down and we talk on microphones and it's kind of awkward or whatever. Uh, In addition to that, thank you for just your investment in this church for all these years. Thank Mm -hmm. you for coming back and (laughs) thank you for this, even though it's odd, but... (laughs) And we're getting a lot better electronically and being able to share the truth. I mean, Mm, whether whether you miss a Sunday, you can watch it live, your kids miss it, they can watch it. Whether you're up in the mountains, you can catch it. We were just in Mexico for a week and we could watch church service. Yeah. You know, you're not isolated. You didn't miss something. I miss the community of being with people. Yes. Mm -hmm. But at least I can still get the message Mm. if I miss it for a week. I don't become a habit. Yeah. But at least we're now providing that for people. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you again, guys. Uh, Jessica, is there anything that you wanted to touch on or add or anything? Um, sure. If you don't mind, I'll ask. Do it. Uh, I mean, one thing that that comes to mind that just that I think of as I think of amazing people like you who have invested so solidly over such a long period of time in this community. Can you think of any time? I mean, there must have been several times over the past 30 years where there have been difficult things. Mm. I mean, being on the elder board, I know there have been tough things and tough seasons. And can you give us any insight into any of those or as far as how you chose to stick it out with Red Mountain through those or, um, yeah, what, what got you through those? Or just any examples of that, I'd be fascinated. I know it's, I think it's such a, it's hard for people to, to stay in one church for that long because of all those things that come up and the hurt that you end up experiencing. Yeah. I can think of an instance, you know, I was on the elder board and I had a daughter that was in full out rebellion and it says you shouldn't be an elder and if your children aren't all, you know, so I went to Bob and Dave Lindstrom. And that's the other thing. There's been some really good counselors, godly counselors here in Mm. this church that I've been able to talk to when I'm going through hard stuff and whether it's business or marriage or raising kids, et cetera. And I said, well, maybe I should drop off the elder board and spend more time with my family. And, And I remember Dave looking me in the eye and said, you'll do the best for your family by serving the church than just trying to chase after, you know, spend more time playing tennis with your kids or whatever it is. And that was the wisest counsel I'd ever received. Mm. I did keep serving the church. I did work with my daughter. And God was the only one that could change what was going on. I couldn't do the 10 smart things and win her back to God. Mm. It was, God, 
I give her into your hands. I'm going to pray for her every day. And it was a period of time, but she came back to God and the church, etc. Mm. But it was nothing smart that I did in the 10 steps, you know, program. Mm. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's been lots of changes in the children's department. But right now, I can't think of anybody that I have ever enjoyed working with more than Becky Bibelheimer. Mm. <laughs> so for all the times when we've gone through rough periods in children's ministries and had to just wallow through and make it out the other side, um, now I am so blessed to work with such a fantastic group of ladies that uh, it's such, it's, I don't even call it a job. I, I call it a true pleasure to just to come into the office, you know, Monday through Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to be with them. It's just, it's truly like being with sisters that I didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. So it was worth it to Oh, it's to definitely it worth it. <laughs> definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. And I'm not ready to give up yet. Hmm. But if somebody does step forward, I will know. You just have to wait for my daughter to get all the way through high school. And <laughs> then you, then oh, you can do it. Oh, I have to wait till <laughs> Phoebe gets all... Yeah. Oh, she's so adorable. Uh, I did get two boys fairly far along. Oh, yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your boys One are fairly far yeah. along. <laughs> yep, so it's possible. But I suppose I have to wait for Arian's kids to come along, too, because mm-hmm. she'll say something. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great question. Is there You got Thanks. any other hot ones like that? <laughs> man, oh, man. I I could ask you guys a million, but I think no, that's... that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Jessica was very close to our family for a while. She was a roommate to our youngest. So mm-hmm, uh, oh, she, does, right. she does not need to ask any personal questions. <laughs> <laughs> to move right along. Iowa, yes. <laughs> well, thanks for sitting in the hot seat. You guys really yeah. appreciate you sharing just kind of like what you've experienced and brought and benefited from at the church. So thank you. Thank you. Yep. That was cool to talk to two people that have been here for, I think that's maybe the first couple like of, um, of the, uh, like the classic elder board that we've had on, um, mm, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And so that was really cool to just kind of hear about the church from their perspective. What was maybe one thing that stood out to you from our time talking to Rex and Mary Ellen? Um, I, I mean, I've known them a long time. So, I mean, everything they said was amazing. I, I think one thing that caught my attention hearing from them today was, especially Mary Ellen, just talking, like you can tell that they really genuinely think of the church in terms of family mm. and the, the times that have been significant for them, like Mary Ellen was saying, are these family moments that the church has experienced yeah, and the moments when the, the church really has reflected that. And, and even now today, even as big as the church has gotten her response is, wow, what a big family we've become. Mm. And like, it's, that's so cool just to see that that genuinely is like how they think. Yeah. And, that's genuinely what they live out of. And you can tell that that's their heart. That's how they treat everyone in our church. Yeah. And that's, 
that speaks to why they're so committed and why it makes sense to them for, for them to be doing what they're doing and invest the way they do. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that hit me this time. For me, it was, um, the, like kind of two key descriptions that Rex gave about the church. And that, that was, it's, uh, how Red Mountain has, uh, adapted over mm. the years. I mean, they were both kind of like talking about that a bit, about mm-hmm. how it's really adapted to, uh, reach people through the, whatever the current best method is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I've seen some of those changes myself, uh, over the years. And, but the other thing that he mentioned, that's always been a a priority and really strong at Red Mountain is the teaching from the word mm. in the various places across campus, not just on Sunday mornings from up front, but across campus and the different ministries and activities going on. That just the the focus on the word and the teaching of the word, despite the church adapting to do that in different ways, mm. that that core is still there, which has been just a huge reason why I've been so happy to be a part of this mm-hmm. church because of really both of those priorities. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, there is a that very foundational commitment to the word that stays consistent and mm-hmm. then also being willing to adapt things that serve that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it for this episode of Living Stones. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook and go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to participate in our podcast question or leave us some feedback. Before I forget... I wish you could see Jessica's face. Austin and Aaron are wondering too. Okay, so this is a this is a I just thought I would start a little uh, impromptu uh, name that tune segment of the podcast. So if anyone would like to try and name that tune. You, oh, it was okay. real. Okay. That's a real tune. Um, you have you have uh, an advantage if you are a child of the late 80s, early 90s that liked video games. I'll even tell you on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm. And this is the month of October as I record this. So there's a little hint there. Okay. If you imagine monsters, perhaps a whip, then you might be able to figure out what game this wow. song comes from, okay? And uh, we're not going to put this on the web on the website or anything. I didn't clear this with anybody. <laughs> so you'll <laughs> but, never know. <laughs> but you are you are welcome to uh, email, uh, what is this? Um, do we have an email for the thing? No. You're welcome to make some comments somewhere and hope that one of us <laughs> sees it. Or you can stop me on a Sunday morning and tell me. Yeah, the Living Stones email. I'm pretty sure it's Okay, Living Stones. Do you have an email? Yeah, I had no idea. Living Stones Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, or, or just stop me randomly. I need to get better about, you know, just talking to people that I don't know on Sunday mornings anyway. So you're welcome to uh, stop me and say, Peter, it's this. So you're, the hint is the song you just sang is from a 90s video game involving monsters? I said if you're a child of the late 80s, oh, early okay. 90s, and you play it, and it's a game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Right. And if you think about monsters and a whip, that's a huge hint right there. A huge hint. Okay. Mm. Um, you might have also heard that song in a bonus level added on to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. 
Okay, that's the most I'm going to give you guys. That's the most I'm going to give you. All right. So uh, I do want to remind you guys, although again, about uh, the March bonus episode that we put up talking about the origins of uh, Red Mountain Community Church, the 30th anniversary episode. I highly recommend checking that out, especially as we are kind of celebrating now, finally, because we of the delays that we had to have, uh, celebrating the, the 30th anniversary of the church. So that would be a cool way that you could kind of join us in that, in reflecting and celebrating uh, that. In the meantime, time until we convene again. I'm Peter Franson. I'm Jessica Garcia. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on Sunday. Bye.